Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And uh, we are trying to do some catching up, and hopefully hopefully, we're going to have Kevin Anderson of Anderson & Welch on today. He's been quite busy, but uh, we're supposed to have him on this morning to talk about uh, a variety of issues like uh, the Jalen Walker shooting. Who is not talking about that? But before I go to that, um, for those of you that are nearby Publix, they got strawberries on sale for 99 cents a quart. I do not know how that is happening. It's not even strawberry season. But I went and got a whole bunch of them. My husband got some, gave some to the neighbors. Um, you got to get some strawberries. You know, it's very good. Very good. Cancer fighters, natural cancer fighters. Uh, so please get some. So be good for your teeth, too. I think whitening your teeth. I don't know. Anyway, Kevin, are you there? I am here. I just uh, oh, got back from public. the Lord. I picked up uh, two quarts of strawberries. I am good to go. Oh, I got more than that. Um, that and that was breakfast. Probably would be part of lunch and dinner. I'm going to go pick up some stuff like some cream cheese and if I can find some angel food cake and some whipped cream and all kind of stuff, I'm I'm going for it. Yes, so, indeed. How you been? I'm good. How you been? I've been good. I've been good. Glad to have you back. So, uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, where you want to go first? Because we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we've got a little bit, a little bit to talk about. I haven't uh, been around much. I've been very busy, but I've had my, mm-hmm. my ear uh, kind of tuned to a few social activities and tragedies in the country. Um, yeah, I tried so to send you I some homework. You, so. you did? Man, my <laughs> goodness, you, you sent me some uh, some homework for sure. You know, so in between that homework and my practice, you know, just living yeah. pretty good. I, I love the summertime. You know, I, I like the, uh, you know, the warmth. Um, I like the energy that I see and the vibrancy. I like mm-hmm. winding down the summer and getting, you know, to fall, you know, especially in, in Florida because our, our our fall is kind of still like summer. It, mm-hmm. It's good for me. You know, it just feels great to wake up to the sunlight and to walk out and to feel that warmth on your skin. I love summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just do. I like summer, and I like, like you said, fall, because I, I love the outdoor concerts. Um, so when it starts to kind of 
do the changeover. I'm I'm all about that too. But I also like you know I'm I'm into the t-shirt and shorts weather and anything that will uh, get me to a beach. Uh, I'm all for it. So. Interesting. You know, we live in Florida, but many mm. of us never make it to the beach. You know, we spend time in our pools and we travel mm. to other places and go to their beaches or we're mm-hmm. critical of, of beaches in other places. I know I am. And mm-hmm. uh, But when we come back to Florida, we don't go to our own beaches, you know. That's, uh, that's wild. Well, part of it is we take it for granted. That's number one. Number two is that, you know, some of us have grown up with that. I mean, if you can't swim, you need to stay away from the beach. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so some of us have grown up with that, and, and that's somewhat understandable. But the other thing, too, is, um, you know, then we get all of these reports about the shark bites and everything else. I, I will tell you, I've been going to the beach as long as I can remember um, in Florida and other places, and I've never gotten bitten by a shark. I even did uh, some parasailing, came down in the water. Uh, no, no sharks waited for me there, <laughs> you know. So maybe, maybe it's me. Maybe they just don't want me. But hey, you know, it's it's, it's a matter of you know. No matter whether it's the pool or the beach, you've just got to learn to watch out for yourself and be careful. That's just the bottom line. Mm-hmm. This is true. And then just enjoy it. And stop taking all your electronics to the beach where you're going to get them messed up anyway. Take a cell phone, put it in a Ziploc bag just in case you need to call 911. Other than that, just tuck it away and enjoy the beach. <laughs> That's good advice. I think everyone One of God's takes creation. cell phones. We all take uh-huh. our cell phones or... Mm-hmm. notebook or something, you know, because we just, we want to still be in touch with something, mm-hmm. you know, so it's great advice. Well, I mean, great advice. are you going by yourself or are you going with people? If you're going with people, be in touch with the people you're going with. I mean, geez, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, be in touch with the people that you're going with. Make some memories. Put that cell phone away for for emergency purposes only. Okay, or or to plan where you're going to go to eat after you go to the beach. That's it. That's it. So, anyway, let's get started. Jalen Walker. Jalen Walker. What a what an event. You know, I think everyone in the country now knows what took place. This is the story about the young man. Uh, from Akron, Ohio. Mm-hmm. He was 25 years old, and, and apparently he pulled over for minor traffic violations and an equipment violation, meaning that maybe he had a light out or, or something, you know, on the vehicle that would have warranted a traffic stop and no more than a ticket, a citation. He drove off rather than uh, pulled over, and uh, his uh, actions were then characterized as fleeing, uh, which then elevates an ordinary traffic stop to a traffic crime, uh, at least if he were in Florida, but enough to Mm -hmm. generate a number of law enforcement officers uh, in pursuit in order to stop him and now uh, probably arrest him for uh, failing to yield to the officers when they attempted to execute the stop. Apparently, this went on for about seven minutes or so. 
And uh, they traveled uh, through some residential areas. And I think they, they traveled along uh, a, a, like a freeway thoroughfare. And ultimately, um, he was accused of shooting or discharging a weapon outside of the car. Uh, now, it's unclear whether the car was moving at the time that this happened. You know, I've read some things that indicate that the car may have been slowing uh, when this happened or whether this uh, alleged discharge happened on the way out of the car after the car slowed enough for him to get out and to, to you know, take flight on foot. But nonetheless, uh, that is the accusation that he fired or at least discharged a weapon. Uh, and the officers then uh, uh, heightened <clears throat> their uh, their caution, and uh, when they uh, got out of their vehicle to pursue Jalen, um, he ran, um, and then he's alleged to have, have turned towards the officers when uh, they uh, let loose on him. There are reports that he uh, sustained uh, upwards of uh, 60 gunshots, uh, wounds and that the, the, the discharges from the officers were uh, about that many or more. Uh, ultimately, he was killed. Uh, there was an autopsy uh, that uh, revealed that he had approximately 40 uh, entry wounds, which would be the uh, location where the, the bullets uh, uh, enter a person's body, um, but not necessarily uh, because <clears throat> the bullets go in the body initially at that point. Sometimes when uh, bullets go in the body, they move around a little bit and then come right back out. So sometimes an injury mm-hmm. can be uh, mistaken for an exit wound. So, But the, the, the point being, uh, he was shot multiple times. He had multiple wounds on his body. Uh, and uh, it's uh, uh, in, undetermined what sh- shot, fatal shot, but many of the, the shots, many of the wounds and the injuries he sustained alone, just one of them, would have killed him. So uh, when the vehicle was searched, a firearm was located in the car along with uh, a spent casing. And what a casing is, uh, this is the wrapping around the bullet, which actually goes out of the gun. Uh, when the mm-hmm. bullet goes out of the gun, it leaves behind uh, a, a, a metal uh, piece of material that the gunpowder used to rest in. And then the, the, the gun itself just kind of throws out that piece of metal. Uh, either like in the top of the gun or to the side of the gun so that the next projectile can be moved into the chamber to be discharged rapidly again. So it was that projectile, that, that, that piece of casing that was found in the car. And uh, in addition, there was an ammunition clip, which is the, the storage device that contains the bullets when it is placed inside of the gun for discharge. Uh, that ammunition clip was found on the seat next to the gun. And then, interestingly, a wedding band was found next to the ammunition and the, uh, and the actual um, gun itself. So, hmm. um, Hadn't I know, heard about that. 
yes, that 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 did happen. Um, so there there are, there are photographs which uh, have now been published showing the location of those items. Uh, and um, you know, I saw it and I thought, well, that's odd. You know, because there also was a story that uh, came out stating that uh, not too long before this uh, this pursuit and killing of, uh, of Jalen, and that he was grieving, he was grieving uh, because of her death. Uh, so you know, I'm thinking, all right, so we got a wedding band on the ring on the uh, you know the seat of the front seat of the car. We have a a weapon on the front seat of the car. We have a, a person who, by the way, when he got out of the car, he was wearing a black ski mask. Uh, and uh, that struck me as odd as well because, you know, yeah. as we began the show, this is summertime. And, it's you know, it gets cold in Ohio, but it's, they, they're having summer right now. So, yeah. you know, to get out of the car uh, – Wearing a black ski mask after taking police on a uh, on a um, a low or medium speed uh, chase or pursuit, and uh, then fire a weapon, then to find now that same weapon and a wedding band on the seat of the car, it, you know, it, it suggests that there was something happening there that wasn't just. Uh, kind of coincidental. So uh, I thought I'd bring that to your attention, though, you know. And uh, and I, yeah. I looked at the video. I looked at the video, and I, I thought, let me just check this out. And sure enough, he has a black ski mask on, you know. And then I looked at the video of them chasing him, and, they, and the, you know, you can see a couple of different angles from the body-worn cameras that, the, <clears throat> that some of the officers were wearing that are, are now being <clears throat> released, the footage has uh, been released from those body-worn cameras. And you do see him kind of slow down, then he turns around abruptly, and this is just a recipe for death. Uh, you know, so there were eight officers involved in the, the foot pursuit. Uh, seven of them were, were white, one of them black. They have all been uh, placed on administrative leave. Uh, they are all now uh, being evaluated or looked at to, I guess, determine whether or not the shooting was substantiated. And uh, I can tell you this, that the autopsy did not reveal any substances whatsoever in his body. No illicit substances, no alcohol. Um, so it just, you know, this is one of those things that, uh, mm-hmm. that you, you really think about as, like, you know, perhaps maybe being a, a deliberate action on him, maybe suicide. By cop, as they call it, you know, which is the, mm. that that get that phenomena where you just don't want to live anymore, but you're not going yeah. to take your own life, so you make someone do it for you, because you know he did all the right things, you know, for that to happen. I got to tell you. So there you are with the Jalen Walker story. You know, when I first heard it, as you know, Jay, uh, G, I've been I've been away for a while, so when right. I came back to Florida. And and you mentioned this to me, and I looked at it. it you know, initially the, the the headlines were, you know, police shoot unarmed man, you know, sixty mm-hmm. times. And I thought, wow, an unarmed guy is being shot sixty times. Oh boy, 
But then as you begin to read in, in, in the story and, you know, to weigh what, you know, is out there, it looks like he right. got on at the time that they shot him after, you know, he ran. But th- there was more to the story, yeah. Right. Yeah, but, okay, I still have to ask, can't there be something, some sort of protocol where all the cops that are there don't have to shoot at the same time at once? I mean, couldn't there have been, I don't know, I just feel like there should be some sort of protocol where, okay, if there's two of you, and, you know, both of you are able to shoot and, and give – I mean, I know there's a lot to think about at one time, but uh, given that uh, maybe you're not in the most immediate danger, I, I can't – I just can't imagine that every time you see an a, a <laughs> African-American male in a car um, and he doesn't act the way you think he should act, that everybody has to go to shooting. You know, couldn't there be, you know – a, a priority, you know, you, you're, you know, you're gonna. If we are in this situation as partners, you're gonna be the primary shooter. Maybe you shoot first or something like that. And and um, if this person isn't going down, then you know the other person shoots. But I just can't see where everybody has to shoot all at the same time. Shouldn't there be some sort of protocol? I think the protocol is is safety and uh defense and you know it sounds mm-hmm. cool to say all that on, on monday morning you know after you are done with your you know your shift but right. going on you know we're talking this took place i believe it took place at after midnight i believe it was like really really late when this happened it was i think i think it did it was like twelve thirty or something a.m it was late and it was dark um and you have a person who has demonstrated that they will shoot and they will run. And then now they are running. You don't know Mm -hmm. what's going to happen, you know, and this person turns around and here I am, like, let's say if you and I were partners, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go, you you do it, G, then I'm going to do it. (laughs) You know, know, I mean, it's like, (laughs) I know, you know, uh, yeah, I'm like, man, I'm trying to save your life. You're trying to save mine. You know, we're just, you know, we're we're doing what we do, man, you know, to make sure that we, we're going home that night. And, you know, there, there, there's a, it's called, there's a phenomenon. It's called contagious shooting. And um, mm, it, okay. it, it, there is a study that's out there. Uh, kind of like yawning, huh? Um, yeah, well, uh, similar. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess you could, it's comparable because everybody's doing it, you know, or who sees it. But, uh the military and police uh, personnel, th- these uh, people have been studied. Uh, and it's a phenomenon where when one person is firing, others are induced to begin shooting. And uh, they just kind of go, man, until someone says, cease fire, or something happens to cause everybody to stop shooting. And, um, you know, this is a, uh, a recognized phenomenon. It's been studied for years uh, by the FBI. And there are multiple examples all throughout the country of these, like, shooting events that are just overkill, excuse the pun. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, um, I understand I understand the phenomena, and I understand what you're saying as well. I don't think it's that simple to coordinate 
a uh, a orderly shooting. I'll just say that. Yeah. I guess that's kind of like running, too. We had a situation here uh, 4th of July in the Orlando area at um, Lake Eola, our landmark, uh, where they had 4th of July. And I, I don't know if somebody heard something that was odd, but they, apparently they thought shots had gone out and people started running and, they, you know, everybody else started running. And it, it, it turned out um, they're saying it really wasn't any kind of gunshots or anything like that. But, um, you know, they it's, it's like – yeah, but you know, it's kind of almost like the saying that we, when we were growing up, or when I was growing up, like if someone you know jumps off a bridge or jumps off a cliff, are you gonna do it too? I mean, or, or you know, are you gonna kind of put a little bit more thought in there? And I, I just, I don't know. It just seems to me that there needs to be some sort of modification in terms of how these situations are, uh, are you know, dealt with. I mean, even, for example, and I'm going to veer off a little bit more, um, and I don't know if you got a chance to look at it, there was a shooting in um, Denver uh, where there was a police shooting. They were um, they were trying to find, I guess, or they were shooting at a man that they thought that pointed um, a gun at some officers. Um, this particular, I'm getting a little bit of information from the Denver Post. Um, three men and two women uh, were either shot by police or injured with shrapnel from the officer's bullets. You know, they're going after one person, but just, you know, there's so many other people that are, you know, innocent bystanders that are, you know, could have been more more like loss of life, not just injuries. Uh, I, hmm, sorry. I just think there needs to be some uh, a closer look at training, especially when it comes to situations where there's people that don't necessarily need to be shot. Yeah, I think that you do have the collateral damage uh, with uh, shooting uh, chases, high-speed chases, you know, where um, the uh, person who the officers are chasing slams into another car and kills people. Um, there, there definitely is collateral damage, and I think that that I agree. The tr- training so that one would anticipate the likelihood of uh, things happening which are unintended, and uh, mitigation of that likelihood uh, being uh, undertaken by either the pursuer or the shooter. Uh, is, is something that, that needs to, to, ha- to happen because there's always accountability. Uh, those mm-hmm. people who were shot innocently and, uh, or at least wounded by the, by the, uh, the shrapnel or the, or the errant bullet or, you know, the families who are, who are killed or injured by a, another car that is uh, struck after the, 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 the other vehicle careens out of control. Uh, these people have lawsuits for, you know, damages, and they are routinely paid, uh, routinely paid, because the public demands accountability based upon there not being some um, ability to to predict what might happen or uh, to foresee what might have happened and to undertake protective measures to prevent those consequences. 
So what what do you think in in the case of well, let's go back to Jalen Walker? What do you think should occur as a result? Do you think there should be charges against these officers based on the other information that that you mentioned? Do you think that um, this particular case should draw more focus on on training or procedure? What what are your thoughts? I understand the use of deadly force. I don't like the amount of force that was used. I'm not willing to um, hold the officers criminally responsible for Mm. the shooting resulting in his death. Um, I think that the officers objectively uh, would have uh, done something which would have included deadly force. The law allows deadly force under uh, the circumstances. Uh, There are cases, uh, Tennessee versus Garner, there's uh, the Graham case, uh, which uh, affords the officers the ability to use deadly force under those circumstances. The issue is going to be the degree of force, how much force. Um, If I were one of the officers in hindsight, I probably would have just let him run because if he wasn't shooting and I wasn't chasing him at the time, just let him go to some degree. And then you try mm-hmm. to catch up with them, you know, in, in the distance. It was night. There, weren't, there wasn't anybody around. I think he was almost running. I think it was almost a field or something. It looked like a very, very clear open space. I would have probably just let it go for a little bit. But um, he turned around. And then that's what triggered everything in the dark, and he's wearing a mask, and he's already shot uh, or apparently mm-hmm. discharged the gun after he has demonstrated that he wants to get away. So mm-hmm. uh, the suit's probably going to be substantiated, and uh, if anything, there may be, there just may be uh, some discipline imposed on the police officers, but I, I, I would be surprised if they were indicted for the shooting. And I'd, be, I'd really be surprised at that. Um, and, and I think that one of the barometers is that people are upset and they're protesting and they're saying some things, but not, not the furor that you had with uh, George Floyd, you know, or oh, no. Breonna Taylor. No, not, nothing even close to that. So I think, mm-hmm. I think people kind of see that, well, there's a little bit more to this one. You know, um, and people kind of think like, okay, now this was my dad, this was my 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 brother, or my husband, or my wife, mm-hmm. you know, or my police officer. Could you blame them? You know that kind of thing. You know, and and there's there's a black officer involved in this one too. So yes, black people can do stupid stuff. Okay, but I think when you got eight guys, one of whom is black, all doing the same thing. You got to pause for a second and think. All right, you know, all of these guys mistrained. You know, did all, well, was there misperception among all of these police officers? Um, you know, maybe maybe all of them didn't shoot that many times. Maybe one emptied out a clip. Maybe two emptied out a clip, and the other ones didn't shoot as many times. You know, mm-hmm. how do you know that? Like, you don't know. Maybe one of them didn't shoot at all, or two of them didn't shoot at all. These guys are carrying Correct. around. Or carrying ammo clips that you know are you know they have like twenty twenty rounds in some of them, 
in these ammo clips. So, you know, and there are eight officers. So that's like over 100 rounds sitting out there. So mm-hmm. you don't know. we got to get some more facts. But I, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if they were indicted and charged with uh, culpable negligence or manslaughter under the, under the circumstances. Okay, so, and this is probably going to put us past our break, so maybe we go ahead and take a break. And then what I want to ask you when we come back is let's talk about proper response so we can reduce these incidents or, or mm-hmm. at least at least be in the situ in a position where we can um ask for uh you know fairly ask for accountability um and we'll talk about that when we come back we're here with civil rights attorney kevin anderson of anderson and welch this is g's power hour on never had a so good entertainment if you have questions the number is 516-387-1944 g's power hour on never had a so good entertainment we'll be right back Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good afternoon and welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us. Sorry, it's nothing like a good homemade fish sandwich. <laughs> I was trying to take a quick bite. So we're here with Kevin Anderson of Anderson and & Welch, and I want to ask you, Mr. Anderson, how do we get a better handle on these situations, especially when we are especially as African-Americans, especially African-American males, are going to be more likely to be the victims. First of all, do we have a right and an expectation to be concerned when we are stopped, whether we're at fault or not? How do we handle these situations so that the outcome isn't always a fatal shooting? We do have a, a reasonable uh, expectation of uh, things going wrong based on history, uh, especially uh, for our, our, our black men. Because of that, we need to uh, keep our composure. Uh, you're, 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 first of all, you're not going to win on the road. There's no jury. There's no judge. There's no referee who's going to step in and, and, you know, separate the parties and make a decision on your behalf as a driver. Uh, understand that. So, you know, there are many YouTube videos out there and World Star videos which show confrontations between the police and, and pedestrians or drivers where the, uh, the person who is being detained 
challenges the police officer's uh, probable cause and and the, the the statute number and he's calling the cop name. You know, yeah, okay, you're watching something that happened to work because, you're, you know, now it's being published. But how many times doesn't that work? A lot. Uh, you, you have to understand you don't have the, the upper hand. You don't have leverage when you're roadside. So, um, first of all, stop the car. Right? That, that increases the likelihood that you go home that night almost like 60 70%. These folks who want to take the police on this ride so that they can wind up in Kroger's parking lot or, you know, in the Walgreens parking lot because it's well lit and all this stuff, that's rational. I'm not saying it's irrational, but understand you are now creating a greater likelihood that you are in a pursuit scenario. And these police officers are trained uh, so that if you don't stop within reason, and and within reason for them is probably like 15 seconds. You you, you know, you you need to be pulling over. You need to have a signal or something like that. They actually call in that, like, you know, looks like we have a person not stopping. If it goes a little bit longer, now we have a pursuit scenario. And everybody's starting to head in that direction because now – they're going to try to box you up, or box you uh, in, so that uh, you can be made to stop. So, and you got that that adrenaline running, and and you know the likelihood of something being escalated is is now increased. So stop the car. When they light you up, stop the car. I mean, even if you feel like, man, oh wow, this is a bad spot. They could really beat me up and kill me. Stop the car. And that's that's the first thing. Second thing. Keep your composure, okay? Like, don't get out the car. We, we like to get out the car on police. And, you know, why are you stopping me? Uh, you know, what's your badge number? I need to know why. Stay in the car. Stay in the car. Third thing, if you can activate your cell phone, do so safely and put it on the dash. Put your hands in a place where they can be seen. Uh, just that simple. Don't take the cell phone out and start aiming it at the police officer because, you know, he's probably concerned or she's probably concerned too. So they're coming up to the side of the car, and they see all they can see is the furtive movement of your shoulder dipping and then you moving something towards the window. Reasonable police could think that's something that's going to hurt them, like a firearm. So it's best to just activate the recorder on the the phone, all iPhones have them, and Androids have them too, or if you can call someone so that they're listening, do that so that at least there's an audible record of what is taking place. Um, These cars that have dark windows, these tinted windows, like the Florida tents, we call it limo tents, you are increasing the likelihood of uh, an incident roadside. Uh, The police can't look in the back of the car um, not that they have a right to, to you know, visually search your car. I'm just giving you reality. If they can't see what's going on in your car, you're going to prolong uh, the detention for the most part. So um, understand that uh, there may be a more lengthier detention on the road if what is in the car can't be identified. Now, let me talk to you about your rights now. You don't have to agree to a search. And I'm advising you not to do that. If the police ask you whether 
you, it, whether it's okay for them to take a look around or do you mind if they took a look? Yes, you mind, and no, it's not okay, and, uh, and get a warrant, all right? Because understand that if, if they could get in your car without your consent, they would go in your car. So just, you know, don't agree to anything. We're, we're not going to let you search the truck. No, we're not agreeing for you to go inside of the, of the vehicle underneath the seats or anything like that. Just don't agree to anything. Make the police get whatever legal process is necessary to take a look around the car. Because what you're now doing for me is you are giving me the ability to file what's known as a motion to suppress evidence based on now the unreasonableness of the detention and the unlawfulness of the search. Um, but if you consent, if you say it's okay for them to do all of that, now you've taken away my ability to do things uh, if you are charged with any type of offense. Okay. If you get a ticket, First of all, uh, understand that that is not such a bad thing. A, you were not shot. You get to go away. C, you can fight it now with a guy like me. Sign the ticket and leave. Don't pull the, I'm not signing that. Oh, no, I'm not signing that. Number one, it's a crime in Florida. It is a misdemeanor to not sign and accept a traffic citation and you will be arrested then and there because it is a misdemeanor that is taking place in the presence of a police officer. They are entitled, therefore, to arrest you. Signing a ticket is an acknowledgement that you have received the ticket, not that you agree with the reason for the ticket. Sign it, get in your car, and leave. Then call an attorney and the attorney will then challenge the basis for the ticket issuance and maybe some other things. Tell me about the legalities of being able to have a dash cam. As a citizen? Yes, as a citizen. You have an absolute right to uh, install a dash cam. You can even, I see now people have body cams. Um, that they literally can uh, clip to the, their shirt's pocket or they can uh, clip them to their visor. Uh, it's nothing to get into an Uber or um, a Lyft to see a camera blinking mm-hmm. on the rearview mirror. Um, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. It's lawful. It's lawful to record the activity of a police officer with your cell phone. The only reason that I, I cautioned against, you know, aiming and pointing the cell phone at a police officer is because you're, you know, you're creating the likelihood of a, of a confusion and misunderstanding and therefore uh, jeopardy to your safety. But no law prohibiting the recording, both visually and audibly, of a encounter with a law enforcement officer. Okay. All right. Because, I mean, I, I think I have heard – on some occasions where some of this has been recorded and they've asked people to turn off their their cameras. And I'm like, I'm like well, you know, so what? Am I just supposed to be vulnerable that way? Um, and I think even if it was, was illegal to have the camera, I think if it's going to save my life, I'm going to turn the camera on, right? Sure, sure. It's not, it's not illegal. And if you're asked to to stop recording, just ignore them, all right? Just ignore them. You don't have to even, like, start talking back to them to convince them that it's okay. Just don't even answer them. 
You keep recording. Because you're recording mm-hmm. their ignorance. And you're recording uh, evidence that you're going to now be able to use to substantiate this officer's uh, out-of-touch reality with what you can do as a citizen. So, I mean, basically, if, if the camera's on, it's basically showing what's actually happening. I mean, at least from an angle that there's very, there's not a lot of narrative or whatever that's going to dispute what's actually happening on the camera. You know, maybe some stuff leading up to it and maybe some stuff afterwards, but what's actually happening, um, it, there's really going to be very little to dispute that. So it works in everybody's best interest, I would think, to have that, the camera going. Because if the police are not doing anything wrong, then it shows that. If the police are doing something wrong, it shows that. If the uh, per- person that they're trying to uh, arrest or stop, you know, is doing something right or wrong, it shows that, hopefully, at least from one angle. Um, you can't catch everything, unfortunately, but, yeah. So. What about, I was going to say, uh, have there been any considerations as far as you've heard, because this just popped into my mind, so it might be a little weird, of the use of um, satellite images? That's done. That That's done. It's very expensive. And, uh, you know, so typically you, you'll see something like that at the federal level where they're okay. um, you know, tracking you know, drugs. Um, you know, the movement of tonnage, as we call it, uh, border movements. Um, mm-hmm. That is not a municipal thing. You're not going to find, you know, the, uh, the local Orange uh, or Orlando uh, Police Department, rather, using satellite imagery to track a person uh, who's traveling, you know, up the I-4 corridor, you know, unless they're working in conjunction with a federal task force or something. Um, okay. Drones. Now, drones, they're using drones a lot. That's starting to ah. happen, you know, quite a bit. Yeah, the use of, of drones. They're all over the place. And they've got some really cool ones, too, that they, they're silent, and they're, they're almost like plexiglass, and so they're clear. I mean, you used to be able to hear them coming, and you could look in the air and see them, like, you know, flying around. Now, these things, they're silent, and when you look up, you can't even see them. Um, and if it's at mm-hmm. night, you'll never know it's there. So they're using drones all over the place to um, to do things that they weren't doing before, such as uh, these uh, cultivation uh, operations where you've got these grow houses that are in the middle of nowhere or they are uh, behind a 10-foot uh, high fence or something like that. And so the drones are flying high enough so that they're – uh, in the uh, in the in the in the public airspace, so to speak, so they're not uh, invading your privacy and they're not hovering. They're just kind of just going by, just clipping, you know, or taking snapshots as they're moving. You know, I just had a case like that actually. I, I really did. Where um, this wasn't a drone though, this was a, a helicopter <laughs> uh, mm. hovering over this guy's house, you know, looking in his backyard, but. Um, um, you know, we, 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 uh, it worked out very well. The case worked out very well because that's just that's a no-no. You can't hover over somebody's you know, backyard peer, and peer oh, really? you know, mm. down looking to see what you can find. That, that's just not, that's not cool. 
but the drones are, are out there. You know, that, that's a technology that, that you really have to be aware of. Um, so you've got um, cameras. You have these, um, these pole cameras uh, that are in neighborhoods, especially what they call, quote, high crime areas, unquote. And, and that's just euphemistic for, like, um, some urban community that has uh, predominant uh, uh, black citizenship. Uh, so they'll have these pole cameras peering um, onto certain areas on a block or something, and they're recording all the time, and the police uh, agency can literally uh, see who's out there doing what. And, um, and those are all over the place. They've been using those forever, just ever and ever and ever. Um, that's mm-hmm. out there. Um, since you're talking about technology, geez, let me, let me hit you to the deal. Um, you ever heard of Shot Spotter? Have you ever heard of that? Shot Spotter. Um, that is a that is a technology where if there are shots fired, then uh, the uh, there's an audible triangulation, which uh, keys in the location where the shots came from, and the police come running. Um, those are all over cities. I'm sure Orlando has it. Palm Beach, we've got them all over the place here. And Miami, yes. Yes, they're everywhere there as well. But, yeah. Uh, that's there. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else? Well, <laughs> no, you've, give, you've given us plenty. Um, I've got to go back and listen to the show again. So um, the other thing I want to talk about, because I know we've been wanting to talk about it. We haven't gotten to it, but let's talk about the naked ladies. Oh, wow. Yeah. My God. Yeah, there's this there's – this, move and, and I guess it's been going on for a while but I'm starting to see the litigation now popping up where uh, law enforcement will go to a residence for purposes of either serving a, a search warrant or an arrest warrant um, and on occasion they'll, they'll just respond for uh, just a, a routine service call or something and then but while they're there irrespective of the reason they uh, find the need to take a woman into custody and but will not afford her the opportunity uh, to get dressed if she happens to uh, not be clothed and uh, she will be paraded out of the house oftentimes uh, in handcuffs uh, and made to either uh, stand naked in front of a home or she's placed in a vehicle with other occupants of the house, oftentimes uh, her own children, uh, and then taken literally from the scene uh, to either the, the, the uh, police location uh, or sometimes a hospital if there are injuries that they're cleaning or taken directly to jail. Um, I, I literally have uh, watched this evolve over the course of a couple of years. And now I've got cases that are in litigation right now for that very thing. And um, and I think it's just a travesty because it's not happening with men. It's happening with women. And um, I think that uh, these law enforcement agencies, they know uh, what their officers are doing. Now, I am not victimizing the agency itself because I do not believe that these sheriffs or these chiefs of police think Mm -hmm. they're okay with that. These are officers who are out there, these deputies, these, these patrol officers, um, these agents who are going into these homes without 
the forethought of what they need to do if they encounter someone who is not properly dressed for, the, for them to be taken into custody. Um, for example, if they come to your house to serve a search warrant at 6 a.m. in the morning on a weekend, there is mm-hmm. a good likelihood that someone's going to be asleep at the time. If you knock my door off the hinges <laughs> and you come running up my stairs, there's a, it's almost like, it's, I mean, I'm just going to be, be honest with you. There's probably like a mm-hmm. 99.9% chance that you're going to go into someone's bedroom and they're not going to have, you know, sufficient clothing on for them to be seen. So um, you've got to think about what it, you're encountering. Now, I, I know the safety is an issue, so you don't want to give the person inside enough time to arm themselves, and then you don't want to give them enough time to destroy evidence or to even escape. You know, so there's a balance there. Um, I'm saying that the imbalance is a problem because I'm getting these cases, you know, and I'll give you an example. I have a case uh, in a certain part of Florida right now where the police came twice uh, to uh, serve a, a an arrest warrant on an occupant of a home, and it was not the woman. And, uh, mm. but, you know, they knock on a door, like two knocks, boom, boom, and then the battering ram is used to just knock the door, like, completely off the hinges, you know. And um, by now, she actually has made it out of the bedroom, and she's standing in her bedroom threshold, and they, they see her. And this is on video. And they tell her, like, you know, come down with your hands up. Come down. Walk towards our voices. Walk towards our voices. And she's just standing there. You know, her eyes are as wide as saucers. And she just walks towards the police, and, and, they, and they make her go outside. And then she, and she walks down the driveway. And she just she's just standing there, like on the on the and you know in, in the swell, um, and this is like a weekday in a residential community. And then who comes out of the house? Her son, who is a teenager. Her daughter, who is not even a teenager. And then neighbors, or you can see cars passing by, and she's just standing there, you know, just you know, stark naked, right there, you know. And she's there for like fifteen minutes. They don't give her anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, her son's standing beside her. Her daughter's standing beside her. She's trying to shield herself, you know, and they're telling her, no, 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 don't blaze yourself, you know, stand up, you know. And so that happened. And then about three months later, they did it again. They came back again to search her house because apparently I guess one of her uh, occupants in the house and and let's not act like it can't happen, folks. You can have a son or a daughter doing something stupid, living in your home, and the police can show up, all right? And, like, you not know why they're there, but your kid has been up to no good. It can happen, all right? So this type of thing was happening to her. So when they came a second time, this time, they, they same thing, they pull her out the house. This time, they put her in the car naked with her son. <laughs> and how humiliating is that, Chief? to be in the vehicle with your teenage son totally naked in the back of a patrol vehicle. You know, it's just, it's just unbelievable. All right? So, but uh, that's happening. There are a number of cases in, in uh, the northern tier states. There are a number of cases here in Florida. I have a couple of the cases. They're all over the place. I'm coordinating with counsel because uh, th- this, this needs to be addressed. There needs to be policies that deal with um, – 
putting clothes on, on people, not just women, but people. Uh, women, mm-hmm. you know, happen to be starting this thing off, but, you know, people need to have clothes on. You need to have a blanket with you, you know, or something, you know, to cover them up when you pull them outside, you know, get them and put them in your vehicle, separate them, do something. We need policies here. That's, this is bad business. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm just, because what that also does is, especially if you do that in front of the kids, that just, you know, lowers the, the, that, that, that changes the dynamic between the kids and and the parent, especially the mom. You know, I mean, it, it's gosh, I just can't believe that that's going on. Well, I I can't. Unfortunately, I can't because we have people right now. It's not just law enforcement. We just have a problem right now with people paying a certain amount of respect to other people. Um. You know, and that is just an uh, example of someone abusing authority, and, and you know, not a lot, not practicing any type of, of common de- decency. How do you expect to have a connection between law enforcement and the community when you disrespect members of your community? It's not going to happen. You know, so. Uh, well, you know. I wish you the utmost success on your case or cases involving these. Um, you know, they have sometimes these police and community uh, councils or committees or, or whatever. Are they not making any type of inroads in terms of uh, changing the dynamic between uh, law enforcement and the community? It, it's sort of like the, um, you know, a, a ointment, but it's not uh, a healing. So on the one hand, it gives people an opportunity to air their grievance and also the police an idea of what they need to be thinking about. It, it, you know, the optics look really, really great, uh, but in reality, those uh, community forums seldom uh, establish policy. Uh, you know, what, what moves law enforcement, what creates policy are uh, lawsuits and uh, payouts. That will get their attention quicker than anything else um, because now uh, the public coffers are being tapped for what could have been uh, avoided. And, uh, and also what, what gives, uh, I think, the uh, police a motivation to do something uh, is the media, you know, the fourth estate. The fourth estate is wonderful. So what I am doing now is something that will impact perhaps the, uh, the, the naked lady syndrome. Uh, perhaps not on this show, but uh, you aren't the only outlet that I am uh, being vocal uh, on because it's, it's a travesty. So I'm talking, and I'm talking loud, so that uh, mm-hmm. law enforcement understands that, man, we see you, and we're coming after you. We're not going to take it. So we've got a few minutes left. Are there any other cases or situations that we need to be mindful of um, coming up? Uh, Buffalo shooter, uh, the uh, fellow who killed 10 people and injured three uh, blacks at the, uh, the grocery store a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He was indicted, 27-count indictment uh, for uh, terrorism, and also uh, targeting vulnerable people. 
they have not decided. The U.S. Attorney's Office has not decided whether they are seeking the death penalty. Uh, that is uh, forthcoming. That is on what the about horizon. Hate crime. Hate crime. Hate crime. Yes. Yes. Okay, yes, I didn't hear yes. you say that. It, it was, well, well, and I didn't, and you're right. It is the, the main count are hate crimes, but there are special findings along with the hate crimes regarding terrorism and vulnerable people as victims. So uh, thank you for uh, uh, that uh, clarification. Um, Derek Chauvin, 21 years. Yes. He uh, took a plea to 21 years uh, in federal court. So now he had previously pled to 22 and a half years, add to that 21 years. He may probably try to do them concurrently, which means the same that, time. So he will probably get out That was going to be my question. He is, yep, he will probably get out Do you out think that will happen concurrently? Yes, 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 yes. In fact, um, I think it has to happen that way because, um, you know, the, the, he's starting to serve the time now. So, um, yeah, yeah I, think he, I think he'll be out, like, while, you know, you and I are still kicking. So um, the other officers mm. in the case, they, mm-hmm. uh, they pled guilty to the federal crimes, hate crimes themselves, um, and the, the federal crimes, but they pled not guilty, interesting, for the state crimes that their children was convicted for. So um, you've got some trials coming up at the end of the year regarding at least mm-hmm. two of the officers. One of the officers, I think his name is Lane. Mm-hmm. I believe he was either found guilty or pled guilty to manslaughter, but he's, he's off the hook in state court. But the mm-hmm. other two officers, uh, I believe Tao is the name of one, and the other one's name is, I think, uh, uh, Kuing. It's spelled K-U-E-N-G. Uh, those mm-hmm. guys are on deck here, okay? So that's what's happening. Um, let's see what else is out right. there, man. Um, yeah, let's see. How are we doing on time, G? Uh, we're doing about a minute. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, you can wind it down, man, unless you want to pick my brain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I, I think we picked it enough for for, for you uh, just getting back into the loop and, and you provide it. Especially, I want to thank you for breaking down um, the situation in terms of how we should handle those things. Everybody go get a dash cam. Um, that's 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 what I would say I would do. Uh, I've already told my husband that's that's in my plan. Anyway, quickly, how do we reach you, Kevin? Yes, five six one eight three two three three eight six or Anderson and Welch dot com. We're gonna talk to you next month. I'll I'll be back in touch with you because you know why. We're gonna talk about that later. Uh, but thank you so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Thanks. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. God willing, talk to you tomorrow. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care.